Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to 32 Fans in 32 Days. Akiva, how are you today? Oh, I'm so great. I'm on top of the world. On top of the world. You know, I'm on top of my podcasts for the first time in about three months. Uh, as you know, I'm a big podcast guy. Yeah. And, you know, I listen to a, a couple of dozen podcasts. You know, sports, comedy, news, Judaism, uh, a little, you know, a mix of all of the above, etc. But... Starting in August, really, when you and I had the insane idea that we were going to record 32 podcasts in 32 days, uh, and on my end, I was also going to edit them and then upload them, it, it really took away a lot of my podcast listening time. And so I built up this like massive backlog of all my podcasts. Yeah, and I finally caught up yesterday to uh, all my back, uh, you know, all my backlog of podcasts. So I'm finally up to date. I have no, uh, you know, Wait, podcasts. Why, why are we leading with this over the Mets winning the World Series, though? winning the world series or making it to the world series uh i'm making it to the world series all right so we both had a very exciting thing happen to us yesterday and we're starting with mine and then we'll get to yours okay my by the way my cue is at 17 if anyone cares which nobody does your cue yeah i'm saying i have 17 to go oh podcasts yes oh well but but i like to be at zero the thing is because i was at zero and i hadn't been in zero in so long i didn't know what to do with myself so i started listening to music yesterday and today which i haven't done in a while um, and I forgot that, you know, music is a nice thing to listen to once in a while. Yeah. I'll also go through phases where I'll, I'll only do one or the other. It'll be like a full week of one or a full week of the other. All right. Well, let's play a little, we are the champions for you. Uh, you know, since our podcast last week, and I said this last week, uh, almost facetiously, but this week it's literally true. Uh, since our podcast last week, the, uh, the Mets and the Jets are both undefeated. So congratulations. Um, yeah, the, uh, the Mets definitely haven't lost and, uh, Jets are one and no since then. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I I assume you did not see the Mets uh, sweeping through the Cubs so quickly. No, I, I had the Cubs in five, so definitely not. <laughs> oh, well, you're the most negative fan we know. Though. But but, well, uh, but in, in hindsight, you know, they talked about how the Cubs are basically the worst team in the league against power pitching. Yeah, and but so, that's – who knew? Like there's a lot of statistics. You know, one would have had to fall. You know, the Cubs statistically were one of the best teams in baseball. And Oh, yeah. Oh, no, the Cubs were definitely the favorite. Uh, you know, going into the series, and they were the sentimental favorite for most, you know, people. Other but than it's Mets also fans. like one of the reasons the Braves never won. You know, they only won one World Series, is because for some reason, like Maddox and Galavin and whoever the fourth guy was, you know, the Millwoods or the Averys, 
we're not playoff pitchers. And some guys are just still good. And uh, I mean, I, I would say it's mostly because it's luck because the playoffs are a crapshoot because baseball is a game where the best teams lose, you know, 40 oh, plus percent of their games. Of course. But but if you have a Bumgarner who, for whatever reason, is it's it's I'm not talking about like moxie and grit. I'm talking about like how your arm is holding up after, you know, 200 whatever innings. So certain guys were very good at that. And for whatever reason, you know, the Braves guys, let's just say, weren't. So for whatever reason, Arietta faded down the stretch, and Lester was just okay this time. You know, he's been great before in the playoffs, but he was just Look, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at Maddox's playoff numbers, mm-hmm. and, and and this takes into account, he pitched uh, in 1989 for the Cubs in the NLCS, in which he got rocked. He gave up uh, 12 runs and in seven innings across two games. So he had a 1350 ERA. Even including that, his ERA in 200 innings was 327 which is not bad. It's not as great as he was in the regular season. No, that just that's a but, good pitcher. That's a very good pitcher. That's not Greg Maddox, though. Well, like, his, career, the reason ERA, they, his yeah. career ERA was 316. And if you remove those those two games he pitched as a 23-year-old, his playoff numbers were better than his career regular season numbers. Okay. So, you and your you facts. Know. Listen, um, I, I also had beef with you. You were rooting for the Cubs in this series, which I thought was crazy. Yeah, everybody in the world is rooting for the Cubs, except for you and your Mets fans. Well, I'm I'm glad that they were sorely disappointed. But let me explain something to you. We as as fans, so it used to be fun to see. Ooh, is an NFL team going to go 16 and 0? You know, or the are the 72 Dolphins, which we can both agree are the most despicable people on the planet, right? They're, I mean, they're pretty bad. Um. Well, you know, are they going to cry into their champagne and and not? By the way, so. Tom Glavin's career postseason number is significantly better than his regular season numbers. I don't even want to talk about Tom Glavin. <laughs> um, the, better whip, better ERA. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. So, but then the Patriots go sixteen and zero, and even though they didn't finish the playoffs undefeated, nobody talks about who goes undefeated in the regular season anymore, right? There's five teams ever- left. Yeah, and everybody's been making a huge story about how it's insane that there's five teams undefeated at this point in the season. It's but it's not nearly before. as exciting. I'm telling you that, you know, a decade ago, the Chiefs were 6-0, and and it was a huge deal. No, 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 you're confused. It's a huge deal when a team gets to 9-0, and 10-0. 6-0 is not that much to call home about. It you know, used to be like, wow, you know, are they going to go undefeated and there'd be stories. Nobody cares now. Fans do not care. No, I don't agree with that. I'm, I, well, if, you're wrong. I, I think if, if, there, if there are more than one or two teams – Eight and zero, nine and zero, which it very well could be, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. It's going to become a huge national story. It's going to be a really big deal. You'll see. It's you not know, because the Colts were fourteen and zero, and hardly anybody cared a few years. Well, ago. well, that was a really strange circumstance because the Colts were fourteen and zero, and then intentionally lost and rested. But their even players. at fourteen and zero, people didn't really care. I mean, I, I don't know if that's true. I remember my, it being so. Anyway, my big, point is yeah. that you root for the Cubs because they've never won, right? You're not a Cubs fan. Yeah, yeah, okay. But then what happens when they win? Then there's nothing. Now the Red Sox have won, the Cubs have won, the White Sox have won. All these long streaks. I mean, yes, the Indians wouldn't have won yet, but all these long streaks are are done. And now there's nothing to root for in baseball anymore. Same thing but, with the home run records. Wait, you should be rooting for the record, not for the record to be broken. Do you realize the circular logic of that? You're saying we root for the Cubs because they've never won. If they've won, then we have nothing to root for. But you're saying we're not allowed to root for them to win. No, if you're a Cubs fan, you want them to break the record. But as a non-Cubs fan, you should be rooting for the record because that's what makes baseball and that's what makes the Cubs unique. But that's why you want to watch the Cubs. Nobody wants to watch the Cubs when they're bad. You want to watch them when they have a chance to break that record. So, Chester, you want to watch them lose in Game 7 of the World Series or Game 7 of the NLCS every year. That's a big deal. You know, that makes documentaries. You don't want to see them win because then the Cubs don't matter again forever. 
So the 2004 Red Sox don't matter? No, the, the 2004 Red Sox matter. The 2014 Red Sox and 13 Red Sox, even if they're winning the World Series, are irrelevant. Yes, but I want to witness something like the 2004 Red Sox. That's the point. Okay, but then also, you'll be out of things. You keep you know being greedy, but then no, there'll be nothing uh, left to do. <laughs> I got a lot to do. I'm not running out of things to do. But also, you're, you're basically saying... Wait, have that- you never won a championship in any sport? No, the Twins won in 87 and 91. What are you talking about? Well, 87, you don't remember. That's ridiculous. 87, I remember going to the parade. I don't remember the games themselves. 91, I went, I, I went to game one. I watched every single game. I remember debating with my dad every game because I kept going to extra innings and staying up past by that time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember everything about the 91 World Series. I mean, in hindsight, uh, your dad was not right. You know, I, I hope you won that argument because... Oh, know. no, of course I stay. Actually, that's... Uh, that's one, you know that stupid commercial that MLB's been showing where there's the girl who said, my first kiss was on the kiss cam? No. Oh, so I don't, yeah, you might be getting different commercials where you are than we're getting uh, on American television during uh, the baseball playoff games. But there's, there's been these, there's been a commercial which has been, been made endless fun of on Twitter by people that we both follow, but you probably just didn't get the context of their jokes. Uh, it, it shows all these MLB fans telling sort of their memories of being big baseball fans. So one is this nerdy girl who says, my first kiss ever was on the kiss cam. But anyways, another that's sort of the line that people made the most fun of. But there's another guy on the commercial who shows up, who holds this little like old-fashioned like transistor, transistor radio that looks really old in his hand. And he said... When I when the games went past my bedtime, and he holds it up, implying you know that he sat under the covers and listened on that. Um, but yeah, but I mean, a, a real a real when your team's in the World Series, now maybe he was just listening to random teams. I don't know, but when your team's in the World Series, you stay up to watch the games, even if it's past your bedtime. Yeah, so I I stayed up. You know, some of my fondest sports memories are why, and we really got to get into football after this because I don't have so much time. Are watching the ninety one, ninety two, and ninety three World Series, which were all great. Yeah, uh, yeah, those were good. You know, ninety-one especially, obviously, a uh, good World Series. Fine. So let's jump into football. Let's jump right in. Uh, we have Week Seven, and it's to be honest, it's not a great week of games. No and the reason. Well, look. First of all, there's three six and zero teams, and they're all on a bye this week. And as we said, there's five teams that are undefeated. Carolina and New England are also five and zero, which is the most there's ever been at this point in the season. There's been only one year ever when there were four teams even undefeated uh, through six weeks of the season. That was in two thousand nine. And I wanted to start by, you know, looking at at 2009 for a second. The the four teams that were undefeated through six weeks that year, three of them were the consensus three best teams in the NFL that year. Uh, it was the the Vikings. That was the Brett Favre Vikings. You know, they lost 12 men on the field to the Saints, and then it was the Saints uh, who were the Super Bowl champions, and then it was the Colts who the Saints beat in the Super Bowl. So those were, you know, clearly the three best teams in the NFL that year. The fourth team that started six and zero was the Broncos that year. And I seem to remember another team in the conference championship game that, you know, that year that was probably one of the better teams. Yeah. The Jets were in the AFC championship. Congratulations. Um, But the the fourth team that was six and oh, and frankly, probably at this point in the season, people assumed would be in the conference championship was the Broncos. The Broncos were six and oh, and then they really, and they weren't just, you know, six and oh by a hunch. I mean, they were blowing teams out. They won by 21 and 20 and, you know, they won at San Diego. They beat the Patriots. Um, they looked like, you know, a serious team. Who was their quarterback they, in 09? That was Kyle Orton. Okay. And, you know, but he had, you know, a good, a good year, especially by Kyle Orton standards. Uh, but then they really crashed and burned the second half of the season. They ended up going eight and eight. And, and the funny thing is they, so they lost four in a row to drop in six and four. And then they won their next two games, the Giants and at Kansas city. And they won those games by combined 51 points. So they just blew them out and they were eight and four again. And then they really crashed and burned. They lost four in a row to miss the playoffs. So my question is, we look at the the five undefeated teams at this point in the season. 
that's New England, Green Bay, Cincinnati, Denver, and Carolina. Uh, do we see any one of those as a team that's uh, – who's the most likely candidate to go from, from 6-0 and to 8-8 to and eight out of the playoffs? Well, you shouldn't listen to what we have to say because last week we were laughing about how Atlanta was going 16-0. and 0. Yeah, right. Well, well, no, we were joking about how they were a terrible team, but they're going to be favored in all the remaining games. That's true. I, and they as you, as you remember, I picked the Saints to win last week over Atlanta. Yeah. Uh, and so, and by the way, last week uh, we tied, we both went nine and five in our picking win- winners and losers, which is the first time I've tied you because you beat me the previous weeks. So, uh, you know, I'm finally catching up to you. But yeah, I, look, Atlanta still will be a favorite in every one of the remaining games except the game at Carolina, probably, which just shows how bad their schedule is. Yeah, so but, to answer your question, the team most likely to go 8-8, eight eight, who's currently undefeated, is obviously Carolina. Yeah, yeah, and, and I think, you know, even, frankly, I'm only picking Carolina to go about 9-7. And, and they're only 5-0 so. and oh now. They're not 6-0 and oh like some of the other yeah. teams, but, I mean, I'm not saying they will go 8-8. Eight eight. There's a very good chance they'll go 10-6, and six, but they certainly yeah, and, have the capacity to go 8-8. Eight and eight. Yeah, and, 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 you know... As a Vikings fan, that Carolina win at Seattle was really frustrating because I think that Carolina now has banked so many wins that it's going to be very difficult for them to not be a wild card. Because you know, even even if they were to go nine and seven, that would mean they'd have to go four and seven from you know from here on out. So that was a really big win for Carolina. Uh, you know, we'll get to them, but part of the problem when you have three six and zero teams on by is it's such a bad week. I'm looking at my power rankings this week. There's only two games this week in which both teams are in the top half of my power rankings. So, you know, you have uh, your Jets uh, uh, at New England, and then you have uh, the aforementioned Carolina hosting the Eagles. Those are the only two remotely decent games this week. So it's, it's, a, it's a rough uh, cast of games this week. Yeah, but, there's, uh, only but, one, there's only one five throwgasms game, and there's only one four throwgasms game. <laughs> I haven't seen Magri yet. I, I've, but I there's only and, – and the five is, you know – your own team is always a five-star game, right? And so for me, that my team is the five-star game, so there are yeah. no other, you know, there's no game that I want to see other than the Jets game that's a great game. Because the four-star game is Carolina-Philly, which to me, that's not even a four-star game, really. But that's the only other decent game this week, you know. There's, there's a lot of ugly games. But let's let's start out with the ugliness, uh, and that's tonight. Seattle goes to San Francisco. And hopefully uh, I will get this podcast up before people actually have seen that game. Yeah, um, I actually picked the Niners in this game. So you're picking the Niners to win. Yeah, I'm back on the Niners are fine. The Niners are like a 7-9 and nine team bandwagon. Well, they've been much better at home than on the road. Yeah, but they have some good scalps. They, they've they been competitive. Yeah. I mean, you know, they're, they, they're beating Baltimore last week, which well, I know— see, if, if Seattle loses, is their season over? 2-5? It's not over because, we're as we'll see, that sixth spot in the NFC, which we've been talking about for a while, is still kind of wide open. But— uh, in, though they're over, they're over in terms of are they good? The answer would be no. Yeah, I have I have the uh, Seahawks and Panthers right now as the wild cards in the NFC. But if Seattle loses this game, uh, the Vikings actually host Seattle later in the season, and then that could be a game where they could you know pretty much clinch that spot. Um, I th- I still think Seattle's going to win. You know, last week they the thing is they've been they've been leading every one of these games in the fourth quarter, and so it's sort of been a fluke that they've lost. And, you know, last week, for example, it was just a miscommunication in the secondary that allowed Greg Olson to get wide open there. Uh, but I just, you know, I, this is a do-or-die game for them. They, they've been good against San Francisco, even when San Francisco was good the last couple of years. Um, I, you know, I, I can't – you know, they finally got Jimmy Graham uh, as part of the offense last week. It, I think that they have to win this game. But, you know, we'll see. Let's jump right to Sunday then. Sunday morning we have the, uh, the Yahoo special, Buffalo against Jacksonville. Oh, I'm so mad. I just I love listening to Mike Francesa on Sunday morning, uh, you know, talk about the games in the league where yeah. they pay for they play for pay. Yeah. Um, and 
uh, and he's being preempted for the uh, for the Jaguars Bills game. I just saw on Twitter, which is horrible. How many people are going to listen to this game on the radio? Can't be more than. You know, I was thinking about this week also, Chester. Yeah, like the Islanders like pay someone to broadcast their radio games. How many people possibly listen to Islanders and Devils games on the radio? Well, a full game? Because like, I can imagine people dropping. No, 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 not a full game. Just how many people are listening at, at any given time? You know, people who are fans who are driving in their car at that point of the day. Can't so, be. You know. How many? There's only like 20,000 Devils fans to begin with. <laughs> yeah. My uh, my roommate from law school and a close friend of mine is a, uh, a diehard Devils fan, so he would take offense to that. But, you know, they no, also no, no. Hold, Devils fans know there's only 20,000. Yeah, they, they hold, they hold their, their, um, their championship, uh, you know, celebrations parades they hold in a parking lot in new jersey so. yes they, they there are twenty thousand devil fans and eighteen thousand of them are at the big games it's yeah. you know so yeah. who's listening on the radio well that was like the uh the houston astros a couple of years ago their tv games they were getting their their ratings were like 127 people were TV yeah so that devils also the devils always get yeah. those stories too and the ratings are very shaky like that's just that just means that one person out of you know, the thousand that they have a box yeah. that they have a box. We're watching those, yeah. the Nielsen ratings. I could do a whole podcast on why they're on why, like they're mathematically irrelevant. Um, all right. So, so let's talk about this Buffalo Jackson game. Buffalo is without their starting quarterback, without both of their starting wide receivers, without, you know, their best running back, Carlos Williams. Um, and they're still going to be Jacksonville, right? Yes. They're still going to be Jacksonville. <laughs> Jacksonville. You know, the the, the fans solidly. are turning on, on Rex. Jim Kelly was ripping him this week. You know, Rex is going to wear thin maybe quickly there. Well, it's funny because, you know, the uh, the, the front office wants E.J. Manuel to steal this job back from Tyrod Taylor. But oh, Rex is, uh, oh boy. Rex is solidly in uh, in, in the Taylor uh, camp. Do you know why? Because uh, he's, he's seen Manuel play. Yeah, but, but Rex doesn't know anything about offense. So. <laughs> no, but E.J. is horrible. Yeah, he wasn't terrible last week in Cincinnati. Um, but you know, actually I, I was looking at, I was looking at some of the quarterback numbers, uh, through six weeks, both the, uh, the QBR and also the Chester quarterback rating. Tyrod Taylor is number five in my rating and number 10 in QBR. So he's actually been pretty good. And, um, you know, EJ Manuels, uh, doesn't have top 10 potential, I would say. So, uh, they should probably go back to Taylor, but, um, Jacksonville has solidly, uh, held on to that 32nd spot in our power rankings and, uh, they're probably going to hold on to it another week because we both had them losing uh, in London to Buffalo. Yeah. And, you know, these poor British fans who year after year have to suffer with the Jaguars. Yeah, this is an act of war, sending them the Bills Jaguars <laughs> without Tyra Taylor. Yeah. Uh, although we need Rex, at least. The only thing that could save this game is if Rex has some sort of scandal and ends up in a London prison. <laughs> the click, the click to, uh, to museum in London. I've been there before. They, you know, uh, like maybe there's certain feet things that are illegal in, in Britain. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Um, he better be careful, if, uh, you know, abide by the uh, foot loss. All right. So now let's get to the normal Sunday games. Uh, we'll start with Tampa Bay at Washington. Um, you know, another two mediocre teams, another ugly game, Washington, a couple of weeks ago, we thought that they had some serious hope. And um, I think we're a little bit disabused of that notion. They they just got destroyed by the Jets last week. Yeah, I mean, they were winning at halftime. Like, they actually were two different teams. They looked very good in the first half. And then Cousins totally, you know, the Jets must have made some kind of adjust, adjustment. Uh, Cousins totally collapsed. But they were, the the Redskins were, you know, who were the, right now one of the two or three most injured teams in the league, were missing like seven starters. Yeah. So it was, it's hard to get, you know, they were on their backup, both backup cornerbacks, two backup O-linemen against the best defensive line you know, in decades, basically the, 
you know, it's it's not exactly uh, it's hard to gauge, but he was really bad. The receivers without the I don't I'm not a huge Deshaun Jackson fan, but the receivers without him are so unimpressive, you know, Gar- and especially when you have a guy like Revis taking out Garcon. Revis has allowed 10 yards in the, since week two, by the way. Total. Yeah. 10 yards total. Wow. Uh, the Vikings last week, they said uh, they had a punt return against them, but the Chiefs had like an 11 yard punt return. And they said previous to that, the total number of yards on all punt returns against the Vikings for the season was five. Yeah, well, so, th- it's because you made fun of their punter in 32 fans in 32 days. I did. Uh, okay, Although you so. made fun of their kicker, so it hasn't really helped him. It hasn't motivated him. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, so, look, Revis is good. Um, look, Kirk Cousins, the, pro- the problem Washington has is they don't have a quarterback. They have a quarterback controversy in which there's no other option. Everybody hates Cousins now, but, but you know, RG3 is not an option. Right. Hold- Cousins, Cousins could easily be their worst of the three quarterbacks, but he's still going to play. Yeah. Well, what are they going to do? Go to Colt McCoy? I mean, I mean, McCoy showed in something in his career. McCoy is definitely like an NFL backup at the very least. Yeah. Uh, so who do you have winning Tampa at Washington? Oh, I mean, Washington, I think they're a little healthier this week. Uh, and, and Tampa, this is a bad matchup for Tampa because the Washington defense gets a lot of turnovers. I feel like Winston's going to have a bad week and the Redskins are going to win. Yeah, the Washington defense has been uh, surprisingly good, actually. Yeah, they're very um, tough. I'm telling you, they hit so hard. They were really like they're such a good tackling team. I was very impressed. I'm not sure who I got to check who their defensive coordinator is right now, but they were actually very impressive. The defense. All right. Well, let's jump to another team. Uh, you know that's really crashing and burning, and that's the Titans. Uh, you know, we we talked about a couple weeks ago how they lost by one to Buffalo because of Ken Wilson. Oh, Joe Barry. Practice. Joe Barry's the the defense. Ah, okay. Yep. Um, but the Titans just look really, really bad now. They're down to Zach Mettenberger with Marcus Mariota out. Uh, they're hosting Atlanta who, you know, was looking to bounce back from from their first loss of the season. But, ooh, I mean, the, the Titans might be at the top of the draft again next year. Um, Yeah, the Titans, uh, what's it called? They're horrible. Mettenberger's never won a career game. I think he's 0-6. But they have, this is the thing. They have no reason to rush Mero to back. You know, they don't. Oh, no. Young, no, I mean, you want to see what he, you know, you want to see him get, you know, play this year. But you, he can't play healthy. He can't play hurt. You know, he did it in college, supposedly, and it was not good news for him. I think... Um, Wisenhunt has probably no chance of keeping the job, which is very bad for a young quarterback. But Wisenhunt is not a, you know, he, he's he, well, he's not a good coach anymore. Some for some reason, like these guys like Lovey Smith and Wisenhunt, like they make a Super Bowl and they sort of bank on that for another like eight years. But they're not good, and it takes a few extra years for people to realize. Like he got fired. Jeff Fisher. Jeff yeah. Fisher's been riding a Super Bowl for like 15 years now. But I mean, but Fisher has like, Fisher's definitely one of the 32 best coaches. You know, like he's not a great coach, but he's a competent NFL coach. Like his teams show up every single week. Um, I think, you know, he's got no quarterback. What's he supposed to do in St. Louis with Nick Foles? The, um, I, they, I, they, they made that trade. I mean, he had no quarterback beforehand. Well, uh, <laughs> what, we'll get to, we'll get to Bradford. I think, I think, um, he, I think he has to get fired. He just has no QB track record. You know, the, I mean, they had the worst QB situation basically in the history of the NFL at the end of his ten, tenure with Arizona. Uh, it's bad to fire a coach after the rookie's first year. It's it's definitely not a good sign. But to me, you go out and you, you, you know, you find the best offensive guy in the world, whoever it is. And you, you know, you have him coach up Mar- uh, Mariota because this is this is not good news right now. It's got to get fired. 
if Chip Kelly loses a job with the Eagles, maybe he comes to the Titans. I don't know if he's the right guy for that type of team. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, well, our Titans guest in the preseason, uh, he was the say no to Mariota guy. So, uh, you know, he wanted Mettenberger, and here he gets him. So we'll see what happens. But I think that uh, Atlanta is going to get back on the uh, winning streak this week. Mm-hmm. And I assume you agree. Oh, of course. Yeah. All right. Okay, now let's get to the game, which was – uh, the only game this week in, in our guessing of the spreads, and by the way, just a quick update there. Um, you know, I beat you 10 to 8 this week guessing the spreads, uh, but you actually had your best week that you've had in the season. Um, the only game in which either one of us was off by more than three or four points was this next game, Minnesota at Detroit. Uh, we both had Detroit favored in this game by uh, one and one and a half points, uh, whereas the Vikings are favored by two and a half in Detroit. Um so let's talk about Teddy Bridgewater for a second. I don't know Ooh, how much you. I, I, he's I, his new nickname is Ten Touchdown Teddy. That's how many touchdowns he's on pace to throw this year. Well, you know, he uh, the first half of that game last week against Kansas City, he threw for 180 yards. They were going up and down the field. He had one bad interception, but they were winning 13 nothing, and, and you know they looked like they were blowing them out. In the second half, he looked really bad, and his numbers, you know, his traditional numbers are not very good. His Chester quarterback rating, I have him 30th in the league out of 32, which is terrible. But but here's a big surprise to me. His QBR is number eight right now. Number eight. Yeah, better Q- than Jabriz, Cam Newton, Andrew Luck. You know a whole bunch of other big names. Yeah, QBR must be broken because I you know I watch him play, and I mean part of it is the line I think is not is not good enough yeah, right now. But he's been under pressure on thirty three percent of dropbacks, which is third highest in the league. But I mean he, you know, you watch him and he's just not impressive right now. Like there's nothing like I, I can't say like oh he's not going to be a good NFL quarterback. But they, you know, they have to put it together. Like he's got a great coordinator. Uh, I, I don't. I don't. Give, know. Well, they got. The, I think the biggest thing is they got to give him some time. Right? Yeah, and he'll get that this week against Detroit. Detroit is not like you know Denver or some of these other teams no. that faced them. Um, you know, but he might not. I mean, they they lost their left tackle uh, before the season, so like this just might not be a right like, tackle. This right might be right, right tackle. tackle. Sorry, Lodo. It, yeah. This might not be a you know, the year for him to get a lot of time. Like, they, you know, sometimes the lines just don't work. They Yeah, but he's done a good job, you know, almost like a poor man's Russell Wilson. He's done a good time, a good job of buying time. Um, you know, he just, he had two ugly interceptions last week. You talked about QBR being broken uh, with Teddy at number eight. Can I tell you four of the names above Teddy so far this year? Sure. Andy Dalton is number one. Okay, he's been good. Yeah, I mean, he, uh, Brian Hoyer is number three. All right, that's just like he th- throws a lot of yards. I mean, Carson Carson Palmer. Well, but QBR is to take context into account. Yeah, of course. Uh, Carson Palmer is number four. Yeah, no. And uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick is number five. I mean, Fitzpatrick's been awful. Yeah, that that's the only one. So the other three, you know, like on the Chester QBR rating are also top ten. Fitzpatrick, I don't understand. He's been okay, but he has he's on pace for he's on pace for yeah he's on pace for like twenty four picks. He um what's it called he is throwing to really good receivers which qbr isn't factoring but yeah. the difference between marshall decker and every you know they've got a guy curly who could play on any team in the league who's not getting in right now um yeah, you i know, don't know why you're obsessed with curly but <laughs> because he's good i'll tell you why because they throw at these guys who literally can't play ahead of him because they hate him the nunwa he just got suspended for some uh you know traffic or some sort of violation from last year and uh, he's out for four weeks, and it's like one of these addition by subtractions because he can't catch. And then they drafted this rookie in the second round, Devin Smith, who's one of these speedsters who averaged like 30 yards a catch in college but only got like 12 catches a season. And those guys in the history of the NFL have never worked out, and he literally like doesn't look when, when Fitzpatrick throws him the ball. Like He is so not ready for the NFL. It's crazy. 
So here's the thing. Fitzpatrick's numbers look pretty good, but as you say, that doesn't take into account the team he's had around him. His, his receivers are really good. He has, you know, the, the, the NFL's leading rusher right he now. He's the, the non-QB MVP of the league right now at running back. All right. And then he also, he's only been sacked twice, which is far and away the least of, you know, uh, there's no other quarterback that's been sacked less Yeah, although than part five of that times. is he's really, I mean, I understand he's not Russell Wilson, but he's really uh, done a great job with his legs also. Yeah. Well, yeah, he has like, he's run for a touchdown. He, he's, you know, run more than I think people would have expected. Uh, but, you know, he's, I think that's, so that's the thing. But if he has a good running back, he has good, you know, receivers. If he has a, a good offensive line, you know, this might shock people to hear about, but maybe the Jets actually have a good offense. Yeah, the Jets do have a good offense. They, they have, yeah. I mean, they have no tight end, but they have, you know, players at the skill positions. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so we're not talking about the Jets right now. We are talking about the Vikings. But so, yeah, so Vikings at Detroit. Uh, Detroit finally got their first win of the season, but it took overtime against the lowly Bears. Um, as a pessimistic Vikings fan, I think Detroit's going to beat the Vikings, though, um, this week. I think it'll be a very close game. But, you know, Calvin Johnson looked like Calvin Johnson again last week, and I'm just worried that he's, you know, I think the Vikings will be winning by, by like four. And and uh, Stafford it will throw a, a deep touchdown to Johnson uh, in the last two minutes of the game. No, I agree it's going to be a close game, but I, I have the Vikings. I think there's just something wrong in the water with this Detroit team. I do think Caldwell could end up being in trouble this season. They're underutilizing they're underutilizing Calvin Johnson. Uh, you know, Abdullah might end up being a really good running back, but I I don't know about I, like I feel like they're less than the sum of their parts. I like the Vikings. Yeah, I don't know if they're underutilizing him. I think he was just sort of banged up and old all of a sudden until last week when he he suddenly looked good again. Oh, he's right. I mean, he's good. Yeah. Um, all right. So now let's get to uh, uh, another game between disappointing teams: New Orleans at Indiana. New Orleans, Indiana. Or, excuse me, Indianapolis. Sorry, Pe- it's Pelicans Pacers game. <laughs> yeah, the rest of the state does not want to take credit for this one. Um, you know, the Saints, even after their win last week, and, and, you know, their only other win was in overtime against the Brandon Whedon Cowboys at home. So the, the Saints still do not look very good. Uh, they have the DB, uh, on DB, uh, excuse me, Football Outsiders. Yeah, they have the worst defense in the entire NFL. Um, and they have Drew Brees, who's, you know, just middle of the pack this year. Uh, something you predicted in the preseason. He's on uh, number 14 right now in QBR, number 13 in Chester uh, QBR. Um and now they're going to Indianapolis, who, as we said, just continues to just get lucky with the schedule. Um, you know, they they looked okay against the Patriots. I don't think we need to talk about the snap foo anymore. It's been discussed to death. Um, but, you know, this is what the Colts need, I think, to uh, just get another cheap, easy win. And, and they're going to put together a winning streak. I mean, they're going to win double-digit games and get a home and win their division, even though they do not look impressive at all. Yeah, these are two teams that I would like to bet against separately, so I don't like when they play each other. Yeah. Um, and this line, I was actually way too high. I thought the line was going to be seven. It, it was only five and a half. Um, you know, I think it. I think it'll be. I don't think it'll be that close. I think the Colts are going to win handily, just because I really don't trust the Saints. Yeah, I like the Colts here also. All right. Um, now, now we have a, another game between uh, another disappointing team, Kansas City, who's now one in five, and I don't think anybody saw that coming before the season. Um, and of course, now they're without their quarterback, uh, their running back, and their best player for the rest of the season. And they're hosting the Steelers, who all of a sudden are just a couple of missed field goals away from being undefeated in uh, Roethlisberger's absence, which is really quite an impressive feat. Um, you know, Pittsburgh. I think that they're getting, you know Cincinnati thought they had the division wrapped up, but I don't think it's over yet. I mean, I don't think it's over, but you know, Roethlisberger needs to come back quickly. Yeah, well, he's not going to play this week, probably. Um, but Kansas City has a really bad defense, and we'll see what Landry Jones can do. Landry Jones looked good against Arizona last week. Um, and the yeah, question I was right I, about anything this year, I was right about how bad Vic is, no? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, Vic was very bad. Um, uh, your beloved Alex Smith, who's uh, 31st in QBR, 
And I think that takes into well, account the thing about Alex Smith we didn't factor in is, you know, he doesn't have a ton of mileage on him, but he's just old and he's not good anymore. And he used to be good and he's not anymore. Yeah, I mean, he put up good numbers in the second half last week against the Vikings in the second half against the Packers. But that was mostly garbage time when his team was down by a lot. Um, when the game has been close, he hasn't been good, which is why Kansas City keeps falling behind in all these games. The question is, what can Landry Jones do? You know, Kansas City's defense isn't good, but, you know, Landry Jones came in and randomly, you know, also Martavius Bryant, you know, suddenly bursting back onto the scene in his first game this season. Um, people have been talking about how, I, you know, for fantasy reasons, Antonio Brown has been struggling with Roethlisberger's absence. I don't think there's anything with Roethlisberger's absence. Last week, they just decided to go to Brian instead. Brian had 120-something yards and two touchdowns. I mean, at full strength, they're frightening. I mean, the Steelers can win the Super Bowl this year without a question. Yeah. Um, you know, with, if, when, when and if Roethlisberger comes back healthy. I mean, Bell, Bell Brown, Bryant, you know, a competent tight end in Heath Miller and a decent defense. I mean, they're going to be uh, – I, I would imagine right now – if you asked Belichick which team scares him the most, he'd say probably Pittsburgh over Cincinnati or Denver and the Jets. Well, he, I, what I Belichick would say is he wouldn't of, give us an answer, but yeah. he's not afraid of Andy Dalton, the number one quarterback. He'd be like, who are you? Why, you? why do you call me? How do you get this number? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so here's the thing. I actually think Kansas City is going to win this game because, you know, I just don't know what to expect from Landry Jones. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm going to give Arrowhead one last chance. You know, look, they should have beaten the Broncos at home. That was one of the Broncos' many fluke victories this season. Um are you picking uh, Pittsburgh or on the road? or Yeah, Pittsburgh. All right. So even with Landry Jones, you are going with the Steelers. So that's good. That's our, our third disagreement. Um, now we have another game uh, between – well, so so here's Cleveland at St. Louis. Cleveland continues to look impressive even in their losses. Uh, you know, talk about Broncos' lucky wins. Uh, last last week, Cleveland had, you know, started a possession on the 40-yard line in overtime and uh, on Denver's 40 and, and couldn't get the 10 yards they needed to kick a field goal. Instead, they went backwards and they ended up losing that game. Uh, and St. Louis coming off their bye, uh, you know, Akiva, you and I have a bet between the Vikings and the Rams who will win the, uh, more games from the moment of our bet. Uh, the problem for St. Louis is that Nick Foles is the, the number 30-ranked quarterback in the NFL this year. I mean, Foles has been awful. Uh, the receivers have actually been a little better than I thought they'd be. Um, the problem, the problem is, if Cleveland can move the ball on St. Louis, we know that St. Louis can't really move the ball to the extent that you know a team that can score twenty or thirty points can. So I do worry that they won't be able to keep up with them. If St. Louis's defense is for real, they should be able to shut down Josh McCown to begin with, of course. Yeah. So I, to me, this is the hardest game to predict of the whole week. Um, but I'm going with the Rams. Yeah, I'm gonna. I go with the Rams too. Um, but the, Cleveland has impressed us in staying close in all these games. But, but yeah, you know. there's definitely something there. Cleveland could even fight for the sixth spot in the playoffs. I think. Well, I don't. I wouldn't go that far. But the fact that you know the fact that the Rams are favored by five, I think, is a little too much. I think that uh, you know you got to give Josh McCown more respect than that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nobody. Nobody gives McCown four and a half points on the road. Yeah. All right. So now, now let's go to your uh, preseason uh, Super Bowl pick. The I'm Miami just telling you right now, the dream is not dead. Well, they looked good in uh, one week with their new coach, their, their their psychotic new coach. But they looked good beating up on a bad team. And this week they get to host Houston, which is another bad team. My problem is, like, did you have a guy in your high school who was obsessed with Metallica? Yeah. It, Everyone never an did, intellectual. Right? Yeah. It's, right, not, it's not never, a great sign. Never somebody who's read a book in their life. <laughs> um, Including but so the, so the uh, Miami Dolphins coach, Dan Campbell, is a huge Metallica fan. Like the world's biggest. He made them practice in black jerseys. Dan Because he's Dan Talica. Um, but I, I feel like this guy's fascinating. I feel like we're going to hear like amazing, crazy stories about him every week for the rest of the year. And then he could get the job because they're going to win because they're good. And they may accidentally, I don't think they'll give him the job, 
but it's possible. If they give him the job, it'll be a big mistake. So here's the thing. Houston and Miami in the preseason, we probably would have said they had two of the top five defenses, certainly in the AFC, right? Yeah. DBR right now, they're um, Houston's 23, Miami's 25. And uh, Ryan Tannehill, who we hear tons of Akiva love in the preseason, right now the 29th quarterback in QBR. Yeah, but he's so, number one QB on my fantasy team. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, the uh, the Dolphins, they looked good last week. They, they finally got Lamar Miller going for the first time. And so if they can get this offense going all of a sudden, um, you know, they, this is another weekend which they get a team to beat up, I think. Uh, Houston is just, you know, just looks abysmal this year, notwithstanding Brian Hoyer's elite uh, statistical numbers. Um, and J.J. Watt has not been hurt from a lot this season, unfortunately. So I think the Dolphins are going to get another win and, and try and claw, back, claw their way back into this wild card conversation in the AFC. Uh, yeah, oh, no question. I, I obviously agree. Yeah, and if Houston, Houston season is over, um, but, you know, unless they win this game, in which case Miami season is probably over for the second time. Um, all right, now now let's let's get, jump to the game that I know that you're dying to talk about. Uh, you're a 4-1 and one New York Jets going into New England, where last year they only lost by one. And, yeah, you're better than you were last year, but I think the Patriots probably are as well. Yeah, I, I just think it's a bad matchup for the Jets because uh, Belichick's going to – I actually said to uh, Harold this week, I said that – we're act- one of our, one of our Jets guests. Yes, we're gonna we're gonna learn. The Jets are in a in a likely defeat. They'll learn a lot about their team because Belichick will watch tape and then he'll find your flaws. But now he's like kind of found your flaws for you, and you could work on them and try and fix them. <laughs> if that makes any sense, because so, once, so, you, so you want to play the Patriots because they'll critique you. Yeah, they'll, it's, it's helpful. Yeah, it's, it's, helpful. it's like getting it's a learning audited. experience. It's like getting audited. Yeah. So th- what the pro- what we we know the two things the Jets aren't good at, and the Jets are the second best. DOVA team in uh, DVOA team in uh, it, defensively, um, but the one thing that they've had trouble defending so far this year, well, scrambling quarterbacks, but that's not an issue this week really, other than fourth and ones. Um, but it's uh, receivers coming out of the backfield. That's clearly been a big issue for them because they only play inside linebackers. They play like a weird like four two five on most plays, which because they have four you know all world defensive linemen, and then they have two slow inside linebackers, and they have five second you know five defensive backs. Um, so, well, then it's a good thing you're not playing a team that likes to throw the ball to the receivers in the flat. Yeah, so it, it's – well, you can run around with Edelman and or LaFell if he's going to play and, this week. And, well, Amendola also last, yeah. last yeah, week. Well, yeah, well, but listen, they have guys like Rivas and Cromartie who can keep up with them. The problem is the guys who are coming out of the backfield and the tight ends. So yeah. if you treat Gronkowski – Yeah, so Dion Lewis is going to be – you know, every week seems to be a Lewis week or a Blunt week. I feel like – and I have to start both of them in my – uh, one of my fantasy leagues, which is going to be a disaster. I'm going to oh, get crushed. I, oh, I've been starting both of them uh, the last couple of weeks. It's yeah, that team's probably 20... zero and six. No, that team is uh, lead, is uh, number one in that uh, first place in in my league. So those two running backs are guaranteed twenty five points a week. Right. Yeah, but the problem is I've guessed wrong every single week so far. No, that's the thing. I've been starting both of them. Well, but I have Forte, and there's no third running back slot. I'm not. Oh uh, yeah. So I start one of them as a flex. Yeah. This week I'm actually not sure. I think I'm going to sit blunt. And yeah, that's thing. You don't want to guess wrong. Blunt with his first career receiving touchdown last. No, week. no, you can't guess Blunt because you have to. You have to guess Lewis this week. Yeah, you can't run well, on the Jets. Yeah, no, I agree. So Lewis is going to catch passes and then Gronk. So that's why I predict the Patriots. Yeah, well, yeah, I think the Patriots going also, but I, I, I pick the Jets to cover. I, I think that the Patriots, the the Jets are not getting. Yeah, it's a, it's a really big spread. That's reasonable. To Especially think. everybody's been covering against the Patriots because you know even if it's a backdoor cover, which the Steelers got, which the Colts got. Um, but yeah, the, the Patriots are not going to win by double digits in this game. I don't think. Uh, so. I would agree. I, it is unless Fitzpatrick has the one or two games he's going to have this year, where he just throws the ball the other team all day. Yeah. So Jets at New England, uh, clearly the best game of the week. Oh yeah. Um, and yeah, and then then we uh, you know we have. You think uh, that call- game gets Nance Sims? Or do we we have well, Jim? 
Yeah, I mean, it has, who else? You know, but they make these go- decisions like two or three weeks in advance because they have to yeah. make like travel plans and stuff. So they're they're not going to San Diego to watch Oakland at San Diego. San Diego, by the way, such a Jekyll and Hyde team. Um, you know, I, I thought they were one of the worst teams in the league. They got destroyed. By the way, by, by the way, uh, it's Ian Eagle and Dan Fouts. Really? Yeah. So 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 where so where are Sims and Nance going? No, I think they have the week off. Oh, oh. By the way, you asked me a couple weeks ago when the Vikings had the uh, the the four p.m. game, and you said, "Oh, but you're not going to have Aikman." Uh, and, 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 um, and Buck and you, and the answer was actually that Aikman and Buck had the week off also. So, <laughs> well, but Buck, Buck gets the week off. I think. Yeah. Well, I think Buck is busy. Yeah. Because he's, he's doing baseball anyways, but yeah, so I guess, I guess they decided there's no game that's good enough to deserve them. Um, you know, uh, you could give it to the Jets. The, the Jets on the road at New England is not, is not a great game, but it's, it's the best game we have this week. So, yeah. um, so yeah, so next is Oakland at San Diego, San Diego, who looked like they were completely done. And then Philip Rivers threw for 500 yards in Lambeau, uh, and you know they still lost, but but he made it competitive and and closer than anybody else has gotten to Green Bay this year. I I I don't know what to do with San Diego. Yeah, well, I, I still think that I still have them sneaking in as the as the last uh, wild card in the AFC. Yeah, I, you, this is actually, by the way, this is a pretty good game this week. I'll, you know, this is kind of a sneaky good game because w- the winner of this game is kind of positioned to be a contender for the playoffs. Yeah, Oakland's uh, not terrible. They're no, not at all. They're not terrible at all. They've been planning for two weeks. Derek Carr, Philip Rivers. It should be a, a shootout. Is uh, hopefully Keenan Allen will play. He, uh, you know, he missed part of that game last week. But what's crazy about last week is Keenan had 15 catches, and you know, and he, it wasn't even his season high in catches or targets, which is how much of a monster he's been this year in San Diego. Wow. Um, yeah, and but you know, hopefully he'll play this week, especially for those like me who have him on their fantasy teams. Um, all right, so we're both picking San Diego, though, right? Mm-hmm. Although, as we've discussed, San Diego at home is actually a negative. Got to go to the silent count. Yeah, that's true, but not against this team. Yeah, well, these oh, are teams, it's it's guys that's closer. But. These are two teams who could be in uh, new locations next. Yeah, year. they could be the Jets so. and the Giants next year. <laughs> all right, um, all right. Now we have uh, speaking of the Giants, we have the Giants hosting the Cowboys. The Cowboys, uh, the Brandon Weaving experiment. By the way, over. can I give you one more Chargers fact? Yeah, hit you, me. do you know Philip Rivers is having his eighth kid this week? Yeah, I heard about that. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, did you watch the game against the Packers? Uh, yeah, but I, I like yeah, oh, why they discussed that. Uh, oh no, I had I had the red zone on, so I, I wasn't. Yeah, uh, so yeah, you didn't have yeah. So I um, I you know, I keep the red zone on my phone on a small screen, and then on the big screen, I was watching that game. So I heard endless conversations about his uh, eighth child, uh, and he's been there for every single one of them. And they were worried it was going to happen during the game at Lambeau, but uh, you know, it, it did not. By the way, so when it's your eighth kid, you you, I would be furious if I was a Chargers fan and he missed one play for uh, for his eighth kid's birth. Right, we're, we're not waiting into that conversation. Is he like really? Uh, is is he really religious? Why does he have eight kids? Yeah, oh yeah, he's well. I don't know if he's having the kids for religious. reasons. Is he Latvian Orthodox? But, uh, is that is that a Seinfeld reference? Yeah, is he allergic to latex? That's another Seinfeld reference. Oh, uh, there you go. <laughs> Why, so I know that he is religious, um, and um, you know. It's not like he doesn't have enough money to support them. So if he wants to have eight kids, uh, you know, what the hell? Yeah, I guess uh, there's no difference between two nannies or three nannies. Or eight nannies. I mean, there's – there's. I know families on the Upper East Side who have a nanny per kid. So, But then again, if you have eight nannies, that's a lot of people walking A nanny house. per kid? Oh, on the Upper East Side? Yeah, that's yeah, like – But not live-ins because that's hard in the city even if you're like ridiculously wealthy. No, I don't. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, obviously, the people I'm talking about are, you know, doing okay for themselves. But uh, yeah, I don't think I know. But there's no space. Even if you have a hundred million dollar apartment, there's like no space for like multiple nannies in your house. 
I've never been in a hundred million dollar apartments. I couldn't tell you, but you know, I, I, I think you're correct. I don't think these are live-ins. I think these are people who show up during the day and each kid gets his own little, you know, it's another reason why you should live on in the suburbs because in the suburbs, you know, upper middle class people can have a living. So Philip, so Philip Rivers does have enough space. You're saying for for eight living nannies. Well, I don't know. La Jolla it, it, is very expensive. It, it, La Jolla. Oh, is it? Oh, it's not La Jolla. It's no, La Jolla. La Jolla. Oh. <laughs> I should know that because you actually mentioned that on our Chargers podcast. Yes, you you have a uncle who's a rabbi in in La Jolla. Sure. Yes, you do. Okay, so so anyway, so we're saying so the Cowboys, uh, the Brandon Weed experiment is over, and now it's time for Matt Castle, uh, and that does not go well uh, whenever you bring Matt Castle in. As Vikings fans can tell you, as Bills fans didn't even have a chance to tell you. Oh yeah, Weeden's better than Castle. Well, I, I don't understand. Castle what couldn't beat out EJ Manuel, who's the worst but, quarterback going. But they've also decided to ditch Joseph Randall and give Christine Michael a chance as the starting running back. So I, the Cowboys don't know what's going on in offense. Des Bryant is desperate to play this week, but I think they're going to hold him out one more week, and. Um, you know, the problem for the Cowboys is that if they lose this game, they're really falling behind the eight ball, even though look, three and three is first place in that division, but it's, it's tough for the Cowboys if they fall to, to two and four, uh, with another loss in the division, the Cowboys need to tread water and all they need to do by treading, you know, is to win one of these games and they haven't been able to do it. Yeah. Um, I mean that Saints game, they really should have won. That was the close one. Um, and if, again, if they'd won that Saints game, they'd be tied first in the division and they'd be in a much better position. Um, uh, but I, I assume the Giants, I, I mean, the, the, boy, that game was so bad. That Giants game is, yeah, game. it was unwatchable. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, but, but, you know, Eli really looked bad. He looked, you know, we saw bad Eli for the first time this season. Uh, but, you know, the Giants are going to win this game at home against Matt Castle, right? Oh, yeah, the Giants are going to win. Yeah. All right. So now let's get to the second best game of the week, which is indicative of how bad a week it is, because this is going to be an awful game to watch. That's Philly at Carolina. Uh, the Eagles continue to be a horribly ugly team to watch. Sam Bradford, even though they won last week, he's the dead last quarterback in QBR. Um, you know, he cannot stop turning the ball over. He's I mean, he that trade has really been a lose lose with with him and Foles being among the three or four worst quarterback quarterbacks in the NFL this year. Um the Eagles, completely opposite of what we thought. Uh, DVOA, they have the number three defense in the NFL. Yeah, the Eagles are good. I mean, they destroyed the Jets, who were good. Uh, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, you're the one who thought the Eagles were good last week. I forgot about that. The Eagles yeah. are not good. The, the Eagles have looked impressive for one and a half games this season, which was the Jets game and then about half of the Saints game. Actually, and they looked good for half of the fucking Their safeties are playing great. They have a good, so they have a good secondary. They're solid. They really don't have like a ton of holes if when Bradford's playing well. And the thing is, Bradford's just getting better in this system every week. Well, he was not good. No, he was horrible uh, last week. But yeah. other than that, he's he he. I've seen market improvement from week one. Yeah. Then we get to Carolina. They're five and zero. They hadn't played as we said. Their four wins were against four of the five worst teams in the NFL. And then they went to Seattle and won, and that was impressive. But can we can we put a hold on this Cam Newton for MVP conversation? Because I mean, that's ridiculous. Uh, look, they're again, they are 5-0, and and they've done it despite not having a lot of weapons around Cam. But, you know, please, l- let's wait until he can complete more than 55% of his passes or average seven yards an attempt, um, you know, or, or be on pace for more than what, what's he on pace for, you know, uh, 21 touchdowns or something. So let's yeah, go. Oh, he's not going to be the MVP. On. But is it – do you agree that the Panthers can never be interesting? It's just not in their DNA to ever be interesting? Well, look, the game last week was interesting, but – and, and, and I mean, that really had more to a Seattle's collapse. That was yeah, shocking of course. to me. Yeah. The, I mean, it's just the, the two and six Cowboys will always be more compelling than yes. the eight and no Panthers. There's just something about them that's so dull. Well, do you think the Panthers are going to win this game? No. So you think I, the Eagles are going to win? Oh, yeah. Oh, so I, you, think the, the, I think the Panthers aren't going to be able to pass the ball. 
you're also biased. Your Eagles uh, perspective is biased on the fact that you saw them beat your Jets and the only team that's beat the Jets this year so far. No, but I've, but I've seen the Panthers play and they're not good and they have the worst receiving core in a decade and they're playing against a team with a good secondary. So how's Newton going to be able to pass the ball? Well, John Stewart finally ran decently for the first time all year. Great, but he's not going to do that against the good defense. Well, I mean, I know he did against Seattle, but they you were they, trashing you were trashing the Eagles' defense hard uh, before the season, and you've really come around. I, I listen. We thought the pan that sometimes defenses just gel as an eleven man unit, and they're better than what they are on paper. The cat remember the Cowboys' defense last year was supposed to give up forty five points a game, and it was fantastic. Yeah. So sometimes it just happens. You know, the coordinator figures something out, but uh, yeah. you know. Hides their weaknesses. Right now, yeah. Philly is working. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if the Cowboys were fantastic last year, but they were passable. They were much compared to where we thought they. They were, weren't they the worst. People were writing yeah. worst defense of all time yeah. articles. Yeah, no, no, they were much better than that. Um, and the Eagles have been a legitimately strong defense, and you know they're being held back by Sam Bradford in the offense right now, which I don't think a lot of people expected. But uh, okay, so you have the Eagles. I, by the way, stuff. I thought Nelson Aguilar was going to be like a fantasy sleeper. I spent like thirty dollars on him in one league. I thought he was going to be <laughs> it's dominant. Not over. Look, Jordan Matthews didn't do anything. It's o- until- well, it's over because he's not on my team anymore. <laughs> oh, okay. But Jordan Matthews didn't do anything until the second half of last season. That's true. That's true. So. Rookie receivers, it, it, we were spoiled because they oh. never they didn't do anything for two decades. And then last year, you had the uh, the you know Odo Beckham Jr. also didn't do anything till what week five, week six last. He didn't. Year. No, he didn't play till week five or week yeah. six last year. Yeah. Well, but yeah. I mean, I guess yeah. Aguilar's been on the field. He just hasn't produced. Right. Uh, it's funny that um. You know, uh, we made fun of the, the Eagles and their, you know, possibly but not actually racist coach uh, for his love of their mediocre but but quite possibly racist wide receiver. But Riley Cooper's actually been their best wide receiver so far this year. Yeah, Cooper's playing well. I I do think also a team that needs a receiver, like if you're Carolina, try and steal Sammy Watkins from the Bills because he's really unhappy right now. He's great. Like he'll come to a yeah. better team and he'll be amazing. It's a crazy um, situation there. Meanwhile, yeah, Percy so, Harvin, you heard he, uh, he could be retiring because yeah, of his hips. Yeah. Yeah, Harvey really has never been able to stay on the field, though. Never. Yeah, uh, yeah so uh, I would, I would, I, you know, even if you have to give up a big pick, I would really consider making a big move. Uh, oh, we just got an email saying, where's the podcast this Yeah, week? I was about to say to you, I'm responding to it as we speak, yeah. Our, he might be our only fan. Well, it's the only email we've gotten, and it's Thursday saying, where's the podcast? Yeah. Yeah, I, so I like the Eagles. Who, who do you, th- like, let's do a weekly, like, uh, who's getting the playoff spots? Um, after the Baltimore-Arizona game, and then we'll finish. Sure. All right, so let's get to Baltimore and Arizona. Baltimore, you know, we talked about Kansas City. We talked about Seattle, a lot of disappointments. But obviously, Baltimore, the biggest disappointment this year. Um, That loss to San Francisco basically seals their season. Their season is over. Uh, Nobody saw this coming. And now they go to— their season over if they win this week? Well, first of all, is it over in terms of are they going to to be a competitive team or are they going to make the playoffs? Even if they win this week, they're not going to go more than eight and eight. It's just too hard. They have too many tough games left on their schedule. Um, now it's a separate question about you know can they still be a competitive team? Can they still be a twelve and four type team with just a worse record? That they could be for sure. Oh, they could be a frightening out, yeah, for the rest of the season for sure. Yeah, but um, you know the thing is, I'm actually looking at their schedule. Most of their games are at home. They have to play at Cincinnati, but then at home they're playing Seattle. They're playing Pittsburgh. I mean, look, the, the, if they're really the, the Super Bowl contender type team we thought, then they could technically win every one of their games, which means I guess their season isn't technically over. Keep in mind, they're not getting blown out. Every single game they've lost has been by six or fewer points, right? Yeah. So, which is part of the reason, by the way, why I thought this line was way too high. You, you know, you have Arizona who, who you know, is a, is a very good team, obviously, but Arizona's favored by seven and a half. 
to Baltimore. I think that's a little bit unfair. I think Baltimore will keep it closer than that. Although I say that, and then let me bring up the quarterback numbers. Uh, Carson Palmer, the number four quarterback in the league so far this year. He's, uh, you know, having obviously the best year of his career by any standard. Joe Flacco, uh, QBR, uh, number 28 right now. Yeah, I'm going to go off the board here and pick the Ravens to win in Arizona and keep their season alive. All right, so that's a, uh, you know, so you got both of the road teams in the uh, in the Sunday nighter and the Monday nighter. And if they win this game, then their season is alive. You know, they'll be they'll be three and five. Uh, uh, excuse me, they'll be two and five, right? But they'll yeah, they'll be two and five, and then they'll be coming home to face San Diego, Jacksonville, St. Louis, and so they can go on a little wing streak and get up to five and five. Um, yeah, so it's just the Flacco's looked bad, and and the defense has looked terrible. But at the end of the day, they've been close in every one of these games. Uh, the problem is you don't want to be close when you're facing teams like, you know, at home against the Browns or when you're pay- facing the 49ers or the Raiders. So um, Arizona also has been disappointed a couple weeks in a row. They, um, well, two weeks ago they beat Detroit soundly, but the week before that they lost at home to St. Louis. And then last week they lost to the uh, Michael Vick Landry Jones combination, which had to be very disappointing. So I think this is a week where Arizona can prove if they are an actual Super Bowl contender this year and the Ravens get one last chance to do it. So, so you have Baltimore, which means that we have five games we disagree on. Uh, which guarantees that one of us will win the week. We won't have a tie like we had last week, so that's good. Um, you wanted to talk about who do you have in the playoffs right now. Yeah, Tell me, so, what, are your, what are your updated predictions? Okay, so we obviously Patriots, Bengals, Colts, Broncos. Let's give them the four spots. Obviously the Steelers, we said. And I will, because they have a week schedule, right now I'll give the Jets the sixth spot. But I do think the winner of this Oakland-San Diego game this week is definitely right in the mix. And of course Miami still has a shot. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, that, was, that was a sneeze. I'm not. Do you have, an, do you have any any uh, different takes yeah. on the AFC? Uh, I have San Diego making the last wild card at nine okay. and seven. Um, mm-hmm. I have I, look, I have the Jets in, in the conversation. Uh, you know the Jets. Well, you the just Bills. mentioned them, so they're in the conversation. Yeah, the Jets, mm-hmm. the Bills. I have them both at eight and eight right now, so I have them close. Uh, now let's hop over the NFC. Uh, obviously, we have the Packers. Um, you know, is there anything else that's obvious? You tell me. The pa- Packers, Panthers, Cardinals. Let's just say. NFC East, I'm going to say the Giants. Hold on, hold on. So the Falcons are not an automatic for you? I mean, you want to say Panthers, Falcons, Cardinals, Packers, Giants, and Eagles? Eagles? Um, oh. Like something well, like I, that? And, and the Vikings missing? You know, maybe the, you know, maybe the Vikings, Vikings well, have, and the Eagles fighting have, for that last spot if, uh, I, if St. I have, Louis doesn't I have, I, I have Seattle still making the playoffs. Okay. Uh, but look, you have them losing to San Francisco this week. So if they do that, obviously, it'll be a different story. Sure. But I, I still have Seattle making the playoffs. Um, and then I have, yeah, I have the eight and eight teams that are just missing it as I have the Eagles, I have the Cowboys and I have the Vikings all at eight and eight. Okay. The thing is the Seahawks offensive line might be too bad just to, to be a five, to be a 500 team. Yeah. It's crazy. They're two and four. And you know, if not for that, that Calvin Johnson football on the goal line, they could be one and five. Yeah. So if they lose to San Francisco this week, yeah. So this is a, a real put up or shut up week for them. And uh, you, you made your feelings known. So there's not a lot of good games this week, but there's a lot of games between teams that have been disappointing that have one last chance to turn it around or uh, prove that this is just... So we'll be overly confident about those teams' chances next week on the podcast. Hey, yeah. should we do something about basketball, like Monday or Tuesday before the season starts? Uh, a, spe- a special basketball edition of 32 fans of 32 yeah. days? Sure. Uh, let's let's see if, if if anybody responds to this and says they do. So if anybody's listening an hour into if our one person says we should do it, we'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Robbie. Uh, well, I don't Except think Robbie's a basketball fan. Yeah. All right. If, so if one other person, maybe Ari Gold, uh, he's a basketball fan, right? Maybe Eric, somebody like that. All right. Okay. So if we get uh, one person who uh, asks us, uh, we need more than one. If we get multiple people asking, then we'll do it. How about that? Deal. 
Alright. Okay, so Akiva, uh, enjoy week seven and good luck to your Jets in the uh, game of the week. Uh, thank you very much. Okay, bye bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.